Hey, y'all, it's Lady T, and I'm excited to introduce y'all to the Executive Director of the Association of Aquatic Professionals, Julene Hefter. Julene, thank you so much for your time. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be with you here today. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I certainly appreciate your time again. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you come to this point in your career? Well, you know, I think I, I probably like a lot of people that have done stuff with aquatics. Um, I was very blessed. I started out swimming competitively, actually, at the age of five um, and decided I really liked it. My parents gave me the op option of being a ballet dancer or doing swimming, and I chose swimming. So good choice, I guess, at that point. Um, so I swam all the way throughout grade school, high school. I swam in college. I swam master's swimming, so I had that competitive swimming aspect of it, and then um, I wanted to become a lifeguard. So at age 15, I took the lifeguarding course, became a lifeguard, and started lifeguarding at age 16 at an 80,000-square-foot man-made lake in the city of West Bend, Wisconsin, and I did that for a number of years and then became a uh, lifeguard instructor and then a lifeguard instructor trainer. Um, I also was a water safety instructor, so for swim lessons through the American Red Cross, and then became an instructor trainer for that as well. Um, and then as I moved kind of up the ranks, I began running that 80,000 square foot man-made lake. And then in college at UW Lacrosse, I was able to um, run uh, various swimming pools and waterfront um, activities and properties. And then I really started getting more involved nationally and I became an AFO, um, aquatic facility operator. And then mm -hmm. when I graduated from college in lacrosse with a degree in recreational management, I was lucky enough to get my first full-time position and then started, you know, running additional aquatic, um, facilities and then got involved more on an international level. Oh, okay. So, uh, I'm just curious, you said that you started, um, uh, like, um, uh, competing at the age of five. What was that league called? Um, well, it's the age group swimming. So for USA swimming, they have uh -huh. age group. So I started taking swim lessons at five and, and joined the swim club, the local swim club, um, and started swimming competitively. And it's kind of interesting because my, I had a swim coach in, age group that I also had in, um, as a high school swim coach. And then I ended up coaching with him after I graduated from college for a while as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what? Now, now that you say that I actually remember, uh, cause I had my daughter in swimming lessons at the age of five. And, uh, by the time she was about six or seven years old, she had really mastered the backstroke. And I was like, Hey, you should, you know, join the backstroke or whatever. She was like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> and you know and, and I think that's it because I will tell you I well I was growing up I didn't have that competitive instinct as much I right. held my own I did pretty well in fact just four years ago my last high school swimming record got beat um and I'm 54 now so that really lasted for an awful long time so mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it but you know it, it wasn't like that oh I just you know, that killer instinct that people need to get to that next level. And I, you know, one state and again, swam in college and swam at nationals, but it was just to that point, I was kind of like, you know, I, I think that's good for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Is that why you didn't like go for like, like go to like the U S Olympics or something? Um, I don't know what I'm asking here. 
No, and, and I think that's it. I think sometimes, you know, in and we work with a lot of Olympians. We're very blessed um, mm-hmm. in my profession that I work with a lot of them. We just worked with Elizabeth Beisel and I've worked with Matt Biondi yeah. and of course, Jamal, who is amazing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think they just have that extra oomph that they can just, they have something in them that they can practice all day, every day, year round. And I give them so much credit because mm-hmm. I was somebody that was on the swim team. And when I was in grade school, I did gymnastics and throughout high school, I did track and I was a high jumper and I did a lot of different things. And for me, that worked out really well. And that's probably why I went into park and rec because I could help people enjoy those, those various activities. Okay. And when did you say you went into park and rec? Um, I actually got my degree is actually in uh, recreational leadership. Um, And then I actually got my master's um, after that in organizational leadership and quality. So kind of like a business administration, really looking at the quality of your organization. But I started out in park and rec and I was um, a manager of recreation services for the city of West Bend. And then Mm -hmm. I kind of moved up the ranks and I I worked for the Fond du Lac school district and ran all of their aquatic programs and then some recreation programs and then became a director. And then that's kind of what took me once I got my master's to Uh, become work with associations. So I was hired as the deputy director for the Wisconsin Park and Rec Association. And I did that for about eight and a half years. And then I was blessed to um, get the job as the deputy director or the executive director, I'm sorry, for the Association of Aquatic Professionals and have really enjoyed doing that. And I also own my own business called Safety First Aquatics LLC, where I do expert witness work for fatal and non-fatal drowning. Um, I do about a hundred plus different presentations. I do organizational assessments. So I really try to work with anyone and everyone just to better their organizations, their facilities, and their, their risk management plans for their aquatic facilities. And then I teach the AFO course, which is the aquatic facility operator course uh, that trains people how to run and operate facilities safely. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when did you say that you became an executive director for the Association of Aquatic Professionals? Um, We started the association in 2011, and -hmm. it was a a couple of us got together and put the association together because there was a niche that needed to be filled. And we did that in 2011. I volunteered my services for the first two years while also holding another full-time job and running my business. So after two years, I was like, you know, it's time we get somebody in full-time and we had an amazing board um, and they're like, well, put a job description together. So I created the job description of everything I'd been doing and added a handful of other things and handed it into them. And the next week they called me and said, hey, we want to offer you this job. <laughs> so um, I, was, I was very blessed. So I've had this job since February of 2013 full time. And, you know, we're, we do st- so many different things. We give out life jackets. We give out swim lesson grants. We have an aquatic professional designation. Uh, we developed a drowning prevention program, which is all free. Um, we mm-hmm. have it on our line uh, online for download. It's got a portion for children, a portion for caregivers. There's PowerPoint presentations, instructor guides. And then we were blessed to do some PSAs. I had mentioned Matt Biondi earlier. We did a 
some PSAs with him for our respect program. And then just recently in February, we were able to work with Olympian Elizabeth Beisel to do a life jacket safety um, PSA, which is just um, fantastic. So we're really, we do educational opportunities and we just collaborate with everybody. And, and hence how I met Jamal Hill Mm -hmm. because he um, had contacted me and said he was just so impressed with what we were doing. And he came to our conference this year and now I've gotten to know him really well and and I'm going to be able to get to work with him, which is really exciting. Yay. All right. All right. So what are your goals and vision for the future? Well, I think the goal for anyone in aquatics is drowning prevention education. You know, we really want to try and prevent as many drownings as possible. And it's really sad how many drownings there are out there, whether they're fatal drownings or non-fatal drownings. And in so many different um, areas, you know, from pools to lakes, to beaches, to riverfronts, to bathtubs, backyard, you know, baby pools. So there's so many things that we we really try to get the message out. And as a whole in the aquatics industry, I think so many of us are working towards that. And one unique thing about our, uh, the Association of Aquatic Professionals is our main group are people that run and operate aquatic facilities. So we're training them how to do it and how to train their staff, whether it be in that drowning prevention you know, special programs, events, you know, and also how to run their facilities fun and do different things. But then we also have the ability that we collaborate with so many other groups and we collaborate with NURSA, which is for the universities. We collaborate with um, the council model aquatic health code, which develops the federal codes in order to follow to ensure again, that you're running and operating your facility safely and providing the training you need. Um, And then we're, we've got a new um, partnership now with the national drowning prevention Alliance. And they actually starting in 2023 will be holding their annual drowning prevention convention conference in conjunction at the same time as the Association of Aquatic Professionals conference. So what we try to be is a one-stop shop for everybody. And and that's basically our goal, that NDPA relationship that's been in the works for about six years. We've been working on it and we just had a site visit last week. But again, it's bringing everybody together to be that one-stop shop to do whatever we possibly can. And the National Drowning Prevention Alliance is made up of a lot of individuals that have unfortunately either lost a child to a fatal drowning or maybe had a child that had a non-fatal drowning might still have catastrophic injuries. So we really are trying to work together to make sure we open up that conversation about what we can do for families and then what families need from either organizations or, you know, to get that drowning prevention information. And Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing that we see is most families feel, you know, it's never going to happen to us. So we talk a lot about those layers of protection and we're really trying to get those layers of protection really in place for people to really understand how they can keep their family safe in and around the water. Mm-hmm. So wh- what is the youngest uh, that uh, children can learn how to swim? And why do you think that is people do, don't uh, sign their kids up for swimming? 
Well, to be honest with you, you know, talk, I always say talk to a pediatrician because if your child has any, any special needs, we need to be aware of, but you know, a lot of times swim lessons will start by six months. So mm-hmm. the biggest thing about that is because children, you know, shortly after that are going to start crawling. So mm-hmm. when that, once they start crawling and grabbing onto furniture, getting up, you know, they can get near a, a into a bathroom that ha- might have unfortunately left a toilet seat open and they could topple in or a water bucket or something along that line. So, mm-hmm. or crawl out to the pool or, or wherever it may be. So we really try to get them started as early as possible. And we say it's a great activity because you can do it basically from cradle to grave is what we say. Mm-hmm. We've got, you know, people that are a hundred plus years old that are swimming, which is great. And I think the biggest barriers that we see are sometimes, you know, where you live and where you're located you might not have access to swim lessons. And then we've got people that might have access and they might not be able to afford it. Um, or it's something that just, you know, parents, you know, we see if parents haven't learned how to swim and have never learned how to swim during their lives, that a lot of times their children don't learn. Um, where you, you'd think it might be the opposite of saying, you know, I didn't learn, I want you to learn. We, we don't see that as much. And then again, you know, just specific areas that you might live um, and you might not have those opportunities. Okay. And so basically what the Association of Aquatic Professionals do, if I understand it correctly, is it uh, raises awareness about drowning prevention. Yes. Yes. And that is one of our main goals and our, our, our mission is to provide that educational opportunities for our, we're a member association, but we provide information to anyone and everyone. We have a weekly newsletter that comes out every Wednesday electronically that goes out to over 27,400 plus people. And it's free. Uh, So that's probably why we have so many, but it's also includes some really important information. And we try to share information from all avenues. So if somebody's offering a great webinar opportunity, we share those type of things. Um, We share educational opportunities. We have about 90 different webinars that we have um, that have been pre-taped in the past and people can get continuing education. Um, Anyone that's looking for drowning prevention information, we have a a whole presentation on our Respect the Water Drowning Prevention campaign. We try to really go out there and, you know, we're on the radio. Um, We try to do TV interviews. We really try to to get that information out there. And again, just exactly like Aquatics Today and working with Jamal Hill with his foundation, this is just a a great opportunity to continue to do that and reach those goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I heard you say something about a member base. So you have memberships. Um, We have a membership. Our association is membership based. Um, So we are, we call ourselves an aquatic organization by aquatic professionals for aquatic professionals. So we Mm -hmm. have commercial members, individual um, members as well. And our memberships are for an individual are $40 a year. Um, More Mm -hmm. people you have from an organization, it's less. Um, Commercial memberships are only 110. But then we offer an annual conference and exposition where members get discounts. We have a member connect discussion platform for our members that they can ask questions, um, post information, share information with each other. 
Um, we have our webinars, again, that are uh, less expensive for members and non-members. And then we have our aquatic professional designation. Um, we're real big on professional designations. And it's one thing we see in the aquatic profession is that people don't always look at us as professionals. You know, you tell people, mm oh, I run a pool. Oh, that must be fun. Um, my <laughs> husband was a, a firefighter par paramedic for over 30 plus years. And we'd go places and they're like, oh, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I'm a firefighter paramedic. And they all thought that was, wow, that's amazing. And they'd ask me what I did. And I was like, I run and operate pools. And it was like, oh, eh, not thinking the importance. And it's, it's wow. such a, a big thing that we try to educate people. So coming up with that professional designation that people can put next to their name, that, you know, it's, it's a program that they took that says they have the experience and background to be considered an aquatic professional. And um, that's going very, very well. It's called our AQP designation and that you have to be a member to obtain that. Um, but it's, it's just really exciting what we're see happening in the industry. Okay. Okay. So what part does coalition building and partnerships play in creating a stronger and safer, and safer aquatic aquatics community? We just really all need to work together. And, you know, yeah, a lot of I people agree. will say, oh my gosh, aren't you competing? Absolutely not. If there's a drowning prevention program out there, we're sharing it because yeah. I don't care which one you want to be involved with. You want to do, um, you know, we promote the water watcher program, whereas you have an actual um, card on a lanyard, you wear it around your neck, and that tells you you're in charge of watching the children at that time. If you have to leave the area, you, you know, hand it off to somebody else. So it's a visual. So those are things we work with. We work with and promote the note and float program. Note our non-swimmers, float them. And then there's so many other groups out there that we try to work with and partner with. And those collaborations only make us stronger. Mm -hmm. um, we had a, a group that was put together during COVID. COVID started and pools were getting shut down. And we were really working with a whole bunch of nonprofit organizations um, with Aquatic Coalition, it was called. And we really tried to come up with different avenues of how can we open these facilities safely? What can we do? Um, you know, chlorine killed COVID uh, bacteria. So we were trying to look at what could we do to get people back in the water. And mm -hmm. again, it's all those co coalitions and partnerships. And that's one of the biggest things, you know, we promote all of the lifeguarding programs. We promote all the CPR programs, first aid. We don't care <laughs> which one you take. Just make sure people are are educated and trained properly. Mm, that is, that's powerful. That really is powerful. Well, that is really amazing work that you do. And I, I seriously applaud, uh, I just, I applaud you, Julene. Uh, a lot of this stuff is really, really amazing work. I'm, I'm super appreciative of you taking Thank the time you. to yeah. do all that you do for the community. And um, I'm really just super excited at the growth that this organization is is doing. I'm, I'm at a loss of words right now because I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is such powerful information. You know what? You know what I tell everybody. I, I'm the one that's blessed because I get to work with so many people and I get to do what I love. Um, and if if we can prevent 
one drowning. I mean, I want to prevent all of them, but if we can prevent one person or get them the knowledge and information they need to make sure that their families are safe when they go in around water, it, it just, it gives me goosebumps because that's, that's where I'm truly blessed that we can help make a difference in everybody's community. And a lot of people have asked me, you know, why did you leave park and rec and running facilities to run us an association. And I said, in my community, I could make a difference in my community. By running this association, I can help make a difference in everybody's community. And, mm -hmm. and that's what it's truly about. Mm -hmm. Well, I got a random question. Um, have the numbers of drownings gone down over the years? Um, they have. Um, we've, we've made progress. We need to make a lot more progress. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that we saw during the last two years in COVID, a lot of people put in backyard pools and we're seeing that the numbers have gone up in certain areas because of those backyard pools. Mm -hmm. And we love backyard pools. We want people to enjoy the water, um, but we really, really need people to put layers of protection in place. And the first layer of protection is constant, direct, uninterrupted supervision at all times. And we realize that that doesn't always work that way because there's too many distractions. Hence mm -hmm. that water watcher card. Then we put barriers in place. A barrier could be the, you know, Coast Guard approved life jacket, training your child that you never go in the water without this Coast Guard approved life jacket on, you know, that's going to help you again, a layer of protection, layer of protection of fencing around pools, alarms around pools, um, just anything that we can do to help people. And then that comes down to that education piece. You know, we really need to have people educated on what can happen and how fast it can happen. So many people just think drowning looks like it is in the movies, you know, people flailing their arms, calling for help. And a lot of times it's very silent where people slip below the surface and it happens so quickly. So educating and really letting people know that is such a big thing for what we can do to continue, you know, to, to keep those drowning numbers going down. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Again, I applaud you, Julene. And um, I really, really appreciate your time coming on to this here interview. And um, it was really great meeting you. Awesome work. It was great meeting you as well. Thank you so much for having me. All right. All right. Thank you so much. And you have a blessed day. You too. Thank you. Right. Safe summer. Yes, you too. Yes.